Today in business from Wired. The Science of Scaling, hosted by Mark Roberge, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Each week, Mark Roberge, founding CRO at HubSpot CRO, senior lecturer at Harvard Business School and co-founder of Stage 2 Capital, sits down with the most successful sales leaders in tech to learn the secrets, strategies, and tactics to scaling your company's growth. I like the episode with the founder of Aircall on how to go from handling your own sales to scaling a sales team. It has great advice for entrepreneurs. Listen to The Science of Scaling wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Fighting a wildfire in Texas. Building a network to connect 40 million people to the internet. Cutting pollution with chainsaws. Hear Chubb customers tell their stories at chubb.com slash podcast. And stay tuned after the show to hear how a sinkhole swallowed eight priceless sports cars. The FCC says local media is thriving. That's not so clear. By Clint Flinley. With a few exceptions, it's against federal regulations for your local television station to buy your local newspaper. Thursday, the Federal Communications Commission will vote on a proposal to change those rules. Since 1975, the Commission has generally barred organizations from owning both a newspaper and a full-power radio or television station in the same market to protect what it calls viewpoint diversity. In other words, the agency worried that if too few companies owned the dominant media players in a particular town, the public would suffer. Now, the FCC staff argues the cross-ownership rules are no longer necessary to protect a diversity of viewpoints because of the multiplicity of alternative sources of local news and information available in the marketplace, particularly digital-only news outlets. But with the shuttering of the New York City local news sites, Gothamist and DNA Info this month, it's worth looking at just how big a role digital-only local news outlets play in the public's media diet. The proposed change in cross-ownership rules is part of a broadcaster-friendly order the FCC is scheduled to vote on Thursday. The proposed rules would also ease restrictions on how many TV and radio stations an owner can control in a market. Republicans have been agitating to loosen media ownership rules for years. A George W. Bush-era attempt was thrown out by the Supreme Court, but the agency believes its latest attempt is on firmer footing. Republicans control a majority of seats on the FCC, so the proposal is expected to pass. To justify the changes, the order points to a 2011 Pew Research study that found the Internet ranked as the first or second most important source of information for 15 of 16 local topics. What the FCC order doesn't mention, however, is that the Pew study found few respondents relied on the Internet, most often for information on local restaurants and other businesses. For news about subjects such as local politics, government, crime, or taxes, respondents turned more often to newspapers or television. Factoring in both how often respondents turned to a medium and the importance of the information, Pew concluded that the Internet was a distant second to newspapers in terms of widespread use and value. 
More recently, a 2016 Pew study found that respondents were most likely to get news from local television, followed by online and print newspapers. That study asked about news in general, not about local news in particular. Pew identified a large number of local news sites in a 2014 study, which found that 231 out of 402 digital-only news outlets had a local focus. But it's not clear how much original reporting these sources actually do. A 2011 FCC study by Matthew Hindman, a professor of media and public affairs at the George Washington University, examined local digital-only publications in five metropolitan regions: Dallas-Fort Worth, Houston. Portland, Oregon, Cincinnati, and Charlotte. Hindman found that while many sites produced high-quality content, a majority of posts involved commentary on stories and features found in traditional media outlets. The study also noted that nationwide, most popular digital-only news sources were offshoots of shuttered print newspapers. While these sites may help maintain a bit of news diversity, that would otherwise be lost. Their persistence can't be counted as evidence that the internet is expanding local news options. The report says, overall, audiences for digital-only local news sites tend to be low. A 2015 Pew study of media habits in Denver, Macon, Georgia, and Sioux City, Iowa, found that fewer than 10% of respondents often get local news from digital-only outlets. The reliance on non-traditional news outlets is still the exception rather than the norm. The study says, in short. Local digital news sites are far from replacing local television and newspapers in terms of either reach or breadth or coverage. The internet may provide alternative sources of local weather reports, restaurant reviews, and job listings, but citizens still rely heavily on traditional media for information that requires more legwork. And even where those alternatives exist, they might not exist for long, as evidenced by the shuttering of outlets like Gothamist and DNA Info in New York City. And DCist and Hill now in Washington D.C. The FCC claims that the struggles of local media companies argue in favor of allowing more consolidation. Perhaps pooling resources with television stations would enable newspapers to survive longer. The newspaper industry is eager to see the cross-ownership rules revoked. Investment is necessary to sustain quality journalism. Therefore, we have sought to roll back these outdated regulations. Daniel Coffey. Vice President of Public Policy at the industry group News Media Alliance wrote in response to the FCC proposal, "But struggling publications already have the option to merge with other outlets. Last year, the FCC created an exception to the cross ownership for failed or failing papers and stations, acknowledging that the public would be worse off if a news outlet disappeared entirely than they would be under a more consolidated media market. Proponents of the rule change say that exception isn't adequate." Requiring newspapers to fail or be close to failing before they can draw much-needed investment from broadcasters is a too little, too late recipe. NMA CEO David Shavern said in a statement last year. Opponents of the change worry that consolidation will lead to smaller newsrooms. Mergers are usually about cutting spending, says Matt Wood of the organization Free Press, which opposes media consolidation. A combined company might create a single newsroom for both television and print. Leading to layoffs and an overall reduction in original reporting. What's less clear, however, is whether broadcasters actually want to buy newspapers. Several media companies, including Tribune, Gannett, and News Corp, have separated their newspaper units to focus on broadcasting. This podcast was made possible by Chubb. Hear how a sinkhole opened up under the National Corvette Museum, right now. 
Betty called me at six in the morning. She thought it was a fire. It was worse. A sinkhole opened up under our museum. Eight priceless Corvettes had plunged into it. Chubb was there within hours. They helped make sure it was safe. We had everyone we needed to get our museum back up and running. And we opened the next day. Hear more stories at chubb.com slash podcast. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.